Welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis, and I'm here with my two brothers, Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis. Today, the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast turns one. And to celebrate, we're giving you our top 21 albums of the year, 2017. You can learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Now, let's talk about the best albums of 2017. Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis. I'm here with my brothers, Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis. And Brother, Brother, Brother officially turns one year old today. So uh, happy birthday, guys. Good to be one. Happy birthday. Yeah. Uh, thanks for all the enthusiasm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we are doing our 2017 Albums of the Year uh, countdown. And uh, given our, our benchmark of last year's uh, um, Top 20 countdown, which uh, included 21 albums. Uh, this year, we are doing it again. 21 best albums of 2017. And um, I don't know. Uh, do, do you guys want to uh, talk about a couple of the albums that were very, very near misses right off the bat? And then we can jump in. I mean, yeah, we can we can certainly do that. I You know, for me, it was a funny year in the sense that there was just, we, I think we talked about it sort of via text and and. and over the phone a little bit there was just a lot of music this year i mean there was a lot of good music this year and then even you know i think the odd thing when i was looking at my list was the fact that some of the sort of stalwarts of of you know uh i guess my kind of indie rock fandom and then bands that had gotten huge like arcade fire um saint vincent for me um you know, the national bands that I, you know, enjoy and like a lot did not make my list just because there was so many other good albums out there. And not that those, if we did a top 51 instead of a top 21, those albums definitely would have been on there. But it, it was, it was, I found this year very hard to pare down. I don't know what you guys think. It it's a good thing to be challenged to, to pare down to 21. Like last year, it, I felt like I sought is. out some albums and I had to kind of, you know, it was, it was your list. a lot harder. Yeah. Well, I, I think another factor in that, Jeremy, is probably that you know um, your attentiveness or attention to, uh, uh, to to music might have might have changed for a couple of reasons in the last year, um, and you know I, I think that listening to it in a different way and sort of in a more critical way has definitely broadened um, horizons. And there are a lot of things you know I think that that we all tried to include this year um, that sort of reflect an effort to shake up the the hegemony of um, you know some of the the bigger named lists, um, in, you know, critical lists that we see at this time of every year, you know, the Rolling Stones, the Pitchforks, um, Stereo Gums, things like that. And, you know, I think that there's a, there's a consensus that tends to run across the top of a lot of those lists, um, which, you know, some years I'm okay with other years. I think, you know what, there was a ton of great stuff that flew under the radar. And, mm-hmm. and I really think it's important to highlight some of that. Um, and, you know, I, I think Wyndham, you asked earlier sort of what were, um, what were some of the artists that, that didn't quite make it onto our uh, top 21? Um, and, you know, I, I would just name check a couple. Um, you know, I think Gang of Youth was right on the bubble. 
um, and they're uh, an Australian band. Um, you know, their album "Go Farther" and in, "In Lightness" was, uh, I thought, just outstanding. Um, I mean, really like incredible production value, and and um, the guy's just a, a very intricate songwriter, smart songwriter, um, and uh, just just. I think actually, I'm you know, I'm, this is still something that I'm I'm really digesting and and um, uh, breaking into, but but a wonderful album that I think people should check out. And you know, another is uh, is Deer Tick. Um, you know, they put out two albums, uh, a sort of more folk acoustic focused album, Volume One, and Deer Tick Volume Two, which was sort of their more rock focused album. I loved Volume Two. Um, I thought it was a, a absolutely you know killer. Uh, killer collection of songs um so you know with that i wonder were there any of yours that that you wanted to um yeah to i mean I, there's some quite make a list yeah i mean i i'll just you know sort of name check them uh and in, in no particular order but you know uh bands like um waxahatchee um, yeah, that's a great sheer album. mag um New Perfume Pornographers Genius. put a really good record this year that you know and, and they fall into my sort of legacy bands because they've been around for so long but they uh um, you know, they did it again this year with Whiteout Conditions. I really like that one. Nervous Dater, who was a, a brand new band that you featured on the on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, Perfume Genius, who we all loved, and I can't believe didn't uh, crack the top twenty one. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was an embarrassment of riches. But uh, you want to jump in and um, and start? Uh, well, well, let's jump in and, and start with the twenty uh, first. Um, album well, should we explain on how we come oh, sure. to this, this? These twenty-one best albums of the year, the brother, brother, brother mythology. Uh, well, you say mathology. you say mythology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's some. It's somewhere between mathology, mythology, and, and methodology. Magic. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so for yeah, basically, what we do is you know we rank our. our top 20 albums each um and this inevitably leads to uh, a collection of you know somewhere around 35 um 35 albums it did last year it did this year um you know which means that obviously we share some of those picks um but there are a few that you know only made my list and not jeremy's or made don't forget that we we do let our producer damien add his list we just don't include it in the final tally (laughs) (laughs) thank you damien for all your hard work we appreciate it year one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but we, we didn't want you to screw up our year end list. Um, so, no, uh, but but then basically we assign a point value to the number one album, number two album, and, you know, it's uh, we, the point values that we give them are um, 60 points for the top album of the year, 57 for two, 54 for three, and so on and so forth, down to um, uh, three points for the 20th album of the year. Um and then you know there are a few uh, there are a few ties typically, um, and so the 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 two sort of tiebreakers that we use um, are uh, first you know what what was uh, where was this album ranked highest on anybody's list? So if for instance I had an album you know uh, at number one. Um, and the other two guys you know one didn't include it at all, and the other guy. Um, you know, made it his fifteenth best. Um, the fact that that was number one would probably break the tie over over its competitor. Um, and then if that fails, then uh, then we're up Shit's Creek, which is why we still have a tie at number fifteen. <laughs> yeah. Well, so anyway, anyway um, I'm the least qualified person to do this in the world, except for the other two people who are on the <laughs> exactly. podcast. So that's why I've been given so, the job of chief mathologist. 
um, for uh, for the Brother 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 podcast. Yeah, tomorrow, but without further ado, tomorrow um, Nathan Fielder's line. I went to a pretty good school. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, so why don't we kick this off? And I think uh, at the at at twenty one, um, I think Wyndham, you are kicking this off with. Uh, our 21st album of 2017. Which is Lord's Melodrama, which, you know, fits squarely into that category of, of major releases uh, that you were talking about, Jer. Um, you know, uh, I can't think of too many albums that came out with as much fanfare as Melodrama did. Um, and that said, I, I don't know that it performed <clears throat> commercially up to, uh, you know, the sort of standard that, or, or the, the, you know, benchmarks that they were hoping for. But what, it did do is you know take uh, a young artist who's releasing her sophomore album and firmly um, establishing that she is um, a world class talent. I mean she's fantastic, but um, you know I think uh, you know this album was done in conjunction with Jack Antonoff, who I think produced every album that came out this year. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> and, <laughs> and last year. <laughs> and last year, yeah, I'm not sure. That, that He's like the busiest guy on, on the planet. Um, but I think, to, you know, this this sort of confirmed who she is in an, as an artist. I mean, Royals was such a massive uh, hit, and her first album, Heroin, was, uh, was a, you know, a big splash, but people were wondering what she was going to come back with, and, and what it is is, um, you know, what she established as a, you know, as an unbelievably... Um, confident uh, and fully formed teenager uh, has carried on into her or what will become her early 20s. I think she's 20 years old at this point. Um, you know, this is an extremely confident songwriter with a great voice and, um, you know, she is going to be heard from for years and years to come. But some of the highlights on this, I think when I, you know, when I first uh, heard the album, I heard Greenlight and I was like, wow, she's, you know, she's done it again. This is going to be you know, massive. But then, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I felt like once uh, the the initial hype kind of wore off, um, I don't feel like it was as um, ever present as they were anticipating. I, I think they were anticipating. I mean, it wasn't going to be like Adele or Taylor Swift level, but it was going to be you know one tick under that. And I think and I they were think probably it, hoping for Taylor Swift level. I mean, she had kind of. You know, group. I mean, she obviously hung out with Taylor Swift, and and also had kind of become sort of part of that that celebrity land with her last album. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I I think this is a great album, and that first single really blew me away. But I will say, I, I sort of had this similar experience, like where I, I loved it, listened to it, but n- it never really carried throughout the year for me. Which I mean, I think it's absolutely well deserving of the top twenty one. Just saying it, it didn't kind of like stick in the, the radio play, you know, sort of uh, media attention that it, that it probably deserved. Yeah, I think it kind of came out with a, you know, sort of a flourish and, and exploded and then, um, you know, fizzled a little bit. But, you know, in retrospect, going back to it, if you listen to it start to finish, I mean, the woman is a phenomenal songwriter and a great singer. And she's our 21, our 21st best album of the year. Uh, Christian, who's number 20? So coming in at twenty is uh, is Charlie Bliss uh, Guppy, and um, Charlie Bliss for the uninitiated make uh, a sort of I think frantic and and uh, saccharine sweet hooky indie rock um, that you know really does recall the ferocity I think of of groups like um, Super Chunk, but but with like the a sort of pop sing along quality um, of. Uh, <clears throat> 
of, you know, 90s Weezer. Um, and I know, you know, we aren't necessarily the biggest Weezer fans on here, but, I mean, they do have, uh, they do have some pretty great anthems. So, um, you know, the, the cool part about this band, though, is that they really do, um, to, to that sort of uh, uh, sweet and, and sugary pop music, um, you know, bring, I think, thoughtful and sort of cathartic um, songs, but that have these really uh, energetic and, and upbeat um, hooks that just keep uh, pushing and you know propelling uh, propelling the songs forward. So um, I don't think you can really talk about them without talking about the sort of distinctive vocal stylings of, of the singer. By Eva the way, Hendrix. Charlie Bliss being a, a band, not a, a individual uh, a, you know individual solo artist, um, as can you know yes, the Jethro um, Charlie. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's a uh, yeah, it's a four piece uh, from Brooklyn and and headed up by Eva Hendrix, um, who is uh, really just a, an incredibly energetic, enthusiastic, and sort of bright um, uh, star at the at the center of this band. I think um, you know, and and the live performances, it's it's really, um, it, it's it's really worth stressing. You know, if you have the opportunity, go go see this group. Um, you know, they have these. Uh, wonderful hooks as i said but um you know combined with this just sort of like grunge uh spirit i think that that really does um uh that really does uh, have a great effect um in a but i mean i think in a relatively too, small you know, room, one of the so. things that that really sets them apart i mean and she is a i think you would if you were writing the review and you were writing the review um using common uh, music journalism language you know they would call her helium voiced or you know, childlike or something. I mean, she does have a, a really distinctive... Yeah, definitely um, sticks out. ...sort of, uh, um, you know, baby doll voice, which is... Yeah, I think the... Uh, actually, as, as you mentioned that, I'm, I'm recalling a, a one review that described her as Courtney Love after a canister of helium. Yeah. <laughs> um, Perfect so. description, actually. Yeah, it actually it kind of does work. It has, you know, it has a little bit of that roughness um, to it, but, uh, but it is, you know, it, it's a sort of high, cheerful... Um, uh, vocal uh, aesthetic that I think you know ju- juxtaposes really nicely with with some of the themes of um, of the songs that they're they're teasing out, which is basically um, like like so much of my favorite music, uh, you know, the angst of people in their twenties, um, and uh, <laughs> you know, and I think sort of uh, some of the the challenges that she's faced personally is um, you know in a female fronted rock band. Um, and so, you know, taking sort of slightly more serious topics, but, but providing this just in really wonderful sort of cheerful, upbeat, um, tone is just a, it's, it's a really cool effect. And, you know, it just got, it is super hook laden. So, yeah. I mean, if you like, if you like sweet guitar hooks and you want to be bopping your head around all day long, like this is the album for you. So that's uh, that's Charlie Bliss Guppy.
right, and at number 19 is uh, Diet Sigs. I swear I'm good at this. And this is an album, uh, actually, you turned me on to, Christian, these guys. They're a Brooklyn-based duo, so much in the vein of, of kind of <clears throat> Charlie Bliss in the sense that it's, it's very poppy, punky, um, you know, female-led, but this is a, a you know, two-piece with Alex Luciano and... Um, Noah Bowman, so Alex being the the primary singer and guitarist, I think they both met up in in upstate New York at a SUNY. Which one is it? Purchase. New 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 Paltz. Sorry, New Paltz. Yeah, that's right. And so this is an album that I I constantly went back to all year. I mean, it's got like a a really youthful, sort of defiant, uh, blunt. you know, great sort of lyrics and and just catchiness to it. But at the same time, like, I mean, you can just burn through this album in, in, you know, 20 minutes. It's just hook after hook, song after song, really simple, really fun, but I think with with a great playfulness to it. Um, And, you know, it just ended up being one of those albums that, like I said, I, I kind of, I listened to it. For some reason, like I wanted to be annoyed by it, but I, I because of the playfulness and and just found myself actually being like totally finding it, you know, one of my favorite albums of the year and and an album that I still listen to kind of will just pop on. It's 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 a great album. Like when I can't think of something to listen to, I can put this album on anytime and, it's the and default totally record. enjoy it. Absolutely, and you know, I think it opens with sixteen, which I think is a great song, and then. You know, I mean, all the way through, I really don't think there's a bad tune on it. But some of my favorites are definitely Tummy Ache, um, Barf Day, Leo. I mean, it's it's a, it's a fun, fun record. And I think, uh, you know, obviously these guys have gained some steam as the year has gone on. Um, both very charismatic. He's a fantastic drummer. She is a, you know, fun, bouncy front person with a, with a great voice and, and just knows And how a killer to, star kick. Yeah, she does have one of the best <laughs> rock and roll kicks for sure and knows since, how to just lay bomb, in a hook, baller. you know. Yeah, well, I was, gonna, I was just going to say, like, she can, she but much can less do a dangerous. pop hook. Yeah. No, it's um, funny. They, they always sort of, they, I kind of think of them as, like, she and him with better songs. Yeah, except for... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, I guess so. But I think a little I, more, you know, I mean, where she and him were kind of doing a retro, you know, sort of duetty thing, um, you know, this is definitely power pop. I mean, power mm-hmm. pop punk, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I think that it, it's cool to see Charlie Bliss and Diet Sig sort of sitting next to each other on this list. Um, neighbors. Uh, oh, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, you know, geographic neighbors, um, I think genre neighbors as well. Uh, you know, they they are both providing a, a sort of um, super uh, supercharged um, pop outlet uh, with electric guitars. And, you know, I, I think to your point, um, the her charisma is um, absolutely undeniable um, and irrepressible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I think and but but that that is matched so beautifully in their live shows with um Noah Bowman uh, or, or Bauman, um, but but Noah's drumming is is just like that guy just hits really hard. Um, he is a great like you know fast tight um, you know powerful punk rock drummer, and uh, the the fact that you know he he uh, he sort of provides this this really important I think rhythmic backdrop to their songs um, that that I love and really just makes them a joy to see live. Um, and then she's just like a fucking glitter cannon. Absolutely. And like to Wynn's point, I mean, she just nails a pop hook. I mean, the guitar is almost sort of like 
does it doesn't even necessarily matter you know it's there but really her vocals uh sort of provide the song structure with his drumming and it's a, it's a great album highly suggested just one birthday card sent to me i'm in my own surprise party it's me i'm only 21 years old and now i'm drinking alone i use my phone until it dies just like my plans can't keep Number 18 is uh, a discovery I made this year, um, again, it very uh, late in the game, but Jane Weaver's Modern Cosmology, and uh, Jane Weaver, veteran um, of the British uh, folk scene, veteran of the Britpop scene, I mean, uh, I, I heard the album before I knew anything at all about the artist, and as it turns out, she's a sort of contemporary of the Doves, she's a Mancunian um, who came up uh, during the era of Britpop. She's probably in her late 40s at this point. But, um, you know, and she put out about six, um, you know, sort of folkish records. And then Modern Cosmology um, is a pretty pretty significant departure. Um, somebody somebody, rec- somebody uh, discovered the can section of, of the record store. Um, it's kind of a weird uh, Krautrock uh Ode. I wouldn't say it's it's sort of. I wouldn't say it was kraut rock at its at its core. But it's. Um, she's a beautiful singer singing over some um, pretty intricate uh, electronic um, uh, music and um, very you know kind of caught me off guard. I had never heard of this person. I didn't see anybody writing about her. Um, and you know to that effect, I you know I I it was sort of uh, a late discovery um songs like the architect and modern cosmology the title track um are are terrific songs and you know i guess i urge people to listen i'm not doing the greatest job of of describing the record but um i I do you know say discover this artist uh it's always kind of heartening for me to find somebody who is putting out fantastic work um in you know sort of later on in their career uh, but there you go, uh, Jane. I Weaver. think uh, I think we should. Uh, I just wanted to point out that that an NME review of of Jane Weaver uh, a, a while ago described her 
and, and by saying that Jane Weaver is the sound of cat power if she'd grown up next door to Oasis, stealing their Beatles records and outshining them at the school Christmas concert. Wow. Boom, and she did grow up next door to them, so there you have it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think, no, you're absolutely right. I've I've been, um, since you you switched me on to this relatively recently, I've been really excited about this record and and sort of digging into it. Um, And, you know, there is... Uh, there's definitely a lot to unpack there, and it's it would, but the, but that's just it's cool, it's exciting, and it's fun to see. I mean, I've got to be honest, it's fun to see um, a sort of a, a a good like pop contribution that's that's coming, you know, sort of out of left field, right? Like something that really should be competing on the pop charts and and the sort of Hot 100 charts, um, but but doing so from a position of uh, you know of experience being relatively experienced but also being relatively unknown mm-hmm. um and you know but making a style of music that typically is not made by people who aren't well known um so i, I think uh in that respect it's a it's a pretty cool um pretty cool uh look and i think you know you, you it it sort of reminds me of, uh, of the career trajectory of somebody like sia um yeah so yeah, and I, I I would say, um, as uh, f- you know, phenomenally fortunate as we were to a- be able to perform this uh, summer at at um, uh, Port Elliot Lit Fest, uh, she seems like the kind of act that we will cross paths with there if we get to go if we're lucky enough to go next year. Anyway, number 17. All right. So this is um, my favorite rap group of the year, Brockhampton out of L.A. And uh, this is their second album of the year. So they had Saturation. This is Saturation 2. And I was informed today by uh, Christian that Saturation 3 will be dropping December 14th. So prepare yourselves. But um, I, I actually went over this album, kind of talked about it a bunch on our last What Are You Listening To? And uh, don't have a ton to add, except for that this album's just a ton of fun. I mean, it's about six MCs. 
you know, sort of led by Kevin Abstract, um, Joba, Matt Champion, all originally from San Marcos, Texas, which is an odd place, having lived in Austin, to uh, form a rap group, but uh, relocated in L.A. And, you know, I, I think this is just – the reason I picked Saturation 2 actually over Saturation was mainly – I don't know, this album just has a little more teeth. So Saturation, the first album, is is a lot of, it's more of the fun, sort of jokey, you know, hip-hop group um, antics. Saturation 2 has a little bit more of an edge to it with still the sort of bubbly flow and fun. And, and you know, what I said on the, the what are you listening to, I kind of will echo here, is just a very rap-forward album. Like, all of these MCs can, can, can flow, they can rhyme. Um, the beats are, are, I think, excellent. And, you know, um, you know, there's, I, I start to finish, I think, you know, one of my favorite records of the, of the year by far. And, and I think one of the best, by far one of the best hip hop albums, it's retro, but still manages to sound new and fresh. And, uh, I know you guys both enjoyed this record as well. So jump in. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. I mean, I, I, um, just to, as a demonstration of, of how awesome I am with numbers, it's actually coming out on uh, December fifteenth, um, not, not the fourteenth. Beware um, the eyes just, of December. You heard it first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we actually just uh, edged up their album release date by twenty four hours. Yeah, well, we're um, putting a little sure pressure, they're, which I'm sure their publicist on Brockhampton do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Their their publicist is uh, pulling their hair out right now. Um, no, but. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's a great band. Just the chemistry is awesome. They sound studied, practiced. Um, they sound like killer performers. Uh, haven't had a chance to see them um, yet myself, uh, but but I would I would very much look forward to um, to, to doing so. And you know, I, I think for for anybody who was a fan a few years ago of, of Odd Future, Wolfgang, Kill Them All, um, I, I think that this band sort of fulfilled the promise that that yeah. I first saw in in Odd Future. Um, and those guys sort of seem to, uh, go their separate ways before, before ever making anything, you know, of, of the group itself. Yeah. yeah. And this feels really cohesive. Um, and, and so I think it's, it's, uh, it's pretty exciting stuff coming out of, um, the rap world right now. Stripped down to my skin and my bones. I love huskies, but I feel like a wolf. In a pack, but I feel all alone. I'm scared of brain, man. Better off for the clone. And take highs upon me with race eyes doing weird shit. Like, this will make the bow pick, round muck, hit zags, bees, get the winning things real quick. Bills still stacking to the ceiling. What you mean it ain't working? What you mean you ain't find yourself? What you mean you ain't got no cash? I got a little bit. What you mean? What you mean? Shouldn't your pockets be big just like a fat chick? Shouldn't your mama be done paying the house up? Shouldn't you have a real big ass ego? Shouldn't these girls be flocking just like seagulls? Just to me, I like a risk. Think I need someone who can handle it. Ice on my bars and my wrist is fixed. I don't need nobody trying to give me shit. Just to me, I like a risk. Think I need someone who can handle it. Some of bars and my wrist is fixed. I don't need nobody trying to give me shit. The original licks, flick your T.I. in the yolk. Simmons, he breaking the moat. Mentally mastered with no limits. And making them say, huh? They were shipping our force viciously. Watching the floor tipping your temple of authenticity. Often they say I'm off it. I offer my cross sympathy. They forgot what we on. I remind them of hostility. High diggity damn. Everyone running scams. Gotta cover your clams and take another glance. Running a clinic. No 
scans, ain't no one claiming. Yo, man, it's all pertaining to plan. Call me the architect. That you in the UFO, I haven't started yet. Still gotta figure out exactly where to park it at. Moses with the pen, each line and notion I can part it at. But that's too deep. All right, well, at number 15, we have our first tie. And, and uh, so I think first up, we're going to um, address uh, the uh, Wisconsin Brotherhood of Pipe Fitters Man of the Year, uh, Ron Gallo. <laughs> yes, um, the Iowa State bowling champion, um, Ron Gallo, uh, the HVAC specialist uh, from Nashville, Tennessee, Ron Gallo. No, um, we we are enjoying the hell out of the fact that like Ron Gallo is, is just a, a sort of delightfully um, like and, and era inappropriate. Yeah. yeah, it's just like I, I just don't expect to meet. You know, people. Just have, you haven't met a Ron. you haven't met a Ron in a while. <laughs> I haven't met a Ron in a while. Well, I, um, I, I will give a shout out to my friend Ronnie Koss, but he's the only one I know. And even then, yeah. Ron Gal. I mean, it's it's the first name and the last name that's and, and he's a junior. <laughs> Um, so, but in any event, you know, Ron Gallo is, uh, is a now Nashville based artist previously, um, living in Philadelphia and and performing with toy soldiers. And, you know, for, for those who didn't know toy soldiers, they were kind of like a modern study of, I guess, American roots music. Um, and, uh, you know, I think by contrast, um, Ron Gallo, as as the solo artist, is is really sort of embracing like a, a clear love for like late seventies punk, Stooges, Richard Hell, um, and and then you know the sort of uh, the minor threats of of the eighties, and you know it is providing a much more sort of aggressive rock and roll music. Um, I think it sort of combines garage rock and and psychedelic rock, um, and uh, you know I, I think that 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 is sort of laced through um, a, a series of pretty combative opinions and positions and and feelings that this guy's having on this record. Um, you know, uh, whether it's song titles like All the Punks Are Domesticated um, or Why Do People Have Kids or actually Why Do You Have Kids? Um, you know, I, I think these are, these are the kinds of, uh, you know, pushy, tough lyrics that, I mean, but that, that I think involve a, a, a pretty wry sense of humor as well. Um, and I know, I think, Wyndham, you were, uh, you, you've, you've been a fan of this guy's songwriting, is that right? Yeah, I really like him. Uh, I heard him early on, uh, a while back <coughs> on WERS, the Emerson Station, and, um, you know, just was kind of curious, like, who the hell is this guy? Um, I, I couldn't help thinking that um, he sounded a lot like um, Lux Interiors from The Cramps, and the cramps seemed, you know, I, as much as the cramps were sort of an, uh, an evergreen when I was younger, it doesn't seem like a lot of people are, are you know, sort of plumbing their uh, catalog for in, uh, for influence. And, um, you know, this guy's delivery reminded me an awful lot of, of the cramps and, um, <clears throat> you know, where they were very horror movie and sci-fi centric. Um, he's a lot more sort of um, based in the real world, but, but I think a similar sound and a similar guitar sound as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, the, the cramps is a, is a great reference point. I mean, he, he, this sort of talk singing, um, and sneer and just attitude is like, I mean, you, you could chalk that up to Lux Interior or, um, I think you can hear it in, uh, uh, some aspects of like the sort of psycho Billy, um, 
Gun Club or Black Lips, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that has that just kind of like, it just has a snarl to it. Um, you know, so, uh, I, I, you know, honestly, I, I, I think this gets better with every play. Um, and it's, it just has this sort of great, uh, amalgam of, of punk and glam and fuzzy guitars and, um, and cool lyrics that, are, and, you know, uh, great sing-along choruses, uh, here and there. So, the album's um, called Heavy Meta. Anyway, this is a tie, so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, segue into uh, Jeremy uh, at the number fifteen. Um, yeah, so tie, <laughs> number fifteen tie, one of your favorites, and, and a band that you saw this year and, and said kicked ass live. Yeah, the, so and kind of falls into those those major releases that we were talking about earlier, in, in the sense of kind of larger. Um, more fanfare. You know, I guess, yeah, more fanfare, more sort of like, you know, I guess what you say, like the bigger indie acts that aren't so much indie anymore. But I think the thing that really impressed me about the XX is, and the band is the XX, so XX tied with Ron Gallo, um, and the album is I See You. This is one of those albums, too, and, and, you know, what a great year in music when you have albums that come out so early in the year, you forget that they came out in the year, and you have to go back and, and realize that, oh, yeah, that was this year. So um, the thing I really thought you know, that was kind of a step up from this album was, you know, the, the debut and coexist for the XX, you know, we're, we're really kind of dangerously almost confining them to that sort of sparse sound, which, which I liked. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the, the debut album. I thought coexist was good, but it was sort of more of the same. And then I think Jamie XX's solo work, you know, the band consisting of Jamie XX being the primary musician, the writer, and then Romy and Oliver, uh, you know, doing the bass and guitar and singing, you know, I don't know, it just expanded their sound on this album to to really include some samples, 
more sort of instrumentation and just a general kind of confidence and groove that, uh, you know, I think turned out to be, you know, their best album yet and, and really a great record start to finish. I know, I know you guys were a little um, less enthused by it or maybe didn't give it as much of a listen. I did happen to go see it and it probably swayed me a little bit that it was the first concert I, I took my nine-year-old and, and seven-year-old daughter to, which they enjoyed immensely. But it was uh, it they was liked still, it better than Tool. They did like it better than Tool. <laughs> and uh, there were some beach balls floating around that my daughter did slam into someone's face, so that was always fun to watch. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I just think this record in general, you know, Singles on Hold, um, Dangerous, I liked a lot, Say Something Loving. There was just a, a, a you know, a, a bigger sort of sound, a little more dance groove, and I think a lot of that might have came come from sort of Jamie XX's so on, which we enjoyed a bunch, and I think was maybe on our list last year, or the year before, um, prior to having a podcast. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think this was um, the XX's sort of like finest achievement, and I think they're going to continue to kind of expand and 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 kill it. You know, and, and I was actually shocked how good they were live. This is a band that I was not expecting to be. You know, we see a lot of rock shows, a lot of sort of heavy hitting kind of you know high energy shows, and and I was you know a little bit sort of like, oh, yeah, we'll go see the XX, and, and was very impressed. They, they had a, you know, minus the fact that they were in, like, full-on, uh, you know, jumpsuit uniforms. Um, they killed it. Oh, I think that's a plus. <laughs> I don't blame you We got carried away I can't hold on To an empty space now you've found a new star to orbit It could be love, I think you're too soon to call us old When and where did we go cold? I thought I had you on hold And every time I let you leave I always saw you coming back to me Anyway, uh, number 14 is um, Hooray for the Riff Raffs, The Navigator. And this is an album that you guys were, were uh, big on and I sort of discovered late because I wasn't so keen on the initial single that I heard, which was Hungry Ghost. Um, turns out Chris and I are sort of of the same mind, which I think Hungry Ghost is actually the least, uh, my least favorite song on the album. Everything else I've heard on it is, is fantastic and it's such a, uh, a weird sort of genre hopscotch. Um, uh, Hooray for the Riff Raff is, is um, you know, fronted by Linda Segarra, 
originally from the Bronx, uh, relocated to New Orleans. Uh, this is a band that's on ATO Records, which is uh, Dave Matthews' label out of Charlottesville. Um, all of these, you know, sort of uh, signifiers, you know, sort of made me not really delve into them, and I'm really stupid for not having done it sooner because this is a phenomenal album. Yeah. Um, it's uh, The thing I like is, I mean, she's a terrific songwriter, but she melds a lot of different kind of... Uh, genres that you don't necessarily associate with, you know, sort of indie rock or, or whatever. It's, I mean, she has, you know, southern gospel in there. There's, there's sort of country soul in there. Zydeco. Um, there's yeah, there, and, and you know, it, I, I kept thinking when I heard it, you know, this almost. I mean, this is going to sound like the most frightening uh, set of ingredients of all time, but it almost sounds like Fiona Apple singing on sort of a golden era Tom Waits record. Um, it you know it's it's very Mark Mark the the guitar is very sort of Mark Ribo, um, and there's something sort of old sounding but up you know current and updated, and um, so it, you know to me it it feels it's got the sort of you know feeling of something like the Rain Dogs or or Frank's Wild Years or something, but at the same time you know it's a female vocalist who sings rather than uh, what whatever Tom Waits does. Uh, which I'm a big fan of, but I'm not sure quite uh, what his yeah, delivery it, is. is categorized I, I love as. that reference, Wyndham, that you just made. I mean, the the Fiona Apple um, comparison, I think, is is really sort of apt, also because of the way the place that Fiona Apple occupied relative to her peers in indie rock and rock and roll at the time, just sort of as a as an outlier who was really drawing from a, a reservoir of, of inspiration that, that came from, you know, that came from gospel, came from what, like jazz lounge singing, um, and just didn't feel super appropriate in the indie rock world of the moment. Um, but, but she found a way to sort of put her stamp on it and really make it work. And I, I think that we're seeing the same kind of thing from, from her, uh, her, yeah, I mean, she, she's sort of appropriating a lot of different, um, historical styles but you know in the same it's way as apple it's it she makes it her own and, and and really makes it uh current and updated great so. lyrical imagery too she's a good storyteller oh, yeah. good writer you know it's just yeah very good and we love her uh, i love this record i think it's fantastic
two on here that that have uh, we talked about a couple episodes ago but um i'll you know a lot like diet sick this is an album you know fronted by a band fronted by molly rankin who you know was a childhood singer in the family band the rankin family and and celtic singer who's gone on to kind of form always who you know really to me kind of blends a lot of styles from sort of the teenage fan club power pop to sort of wedding present to cure to Depeche Mode a little bit and the synthiness. Um, and just, you know, is kind of like a perfect indie pop album to me. So if, if, you know, if I kind of blend in, you know, if I take away some of the, the harder sort of guitar focus stuff that I like, and, and the other side of that is, is more the sort of dream pop synthy eighties style. I think these guys do a, a nice mix of both. There's, definitely some some power in these songs but they have a great pop sensibility and then there's also a lot of sort of uh you know kind of synth heavy synth heavy sorry pop songs as well and and um you know we've talked about this album i don't want to go too crazy on it but um you know i think well deserving of one of the best albums of the year and and you know always one of my benchmarks is you know we, we get to hear a lot of great music obviously we're always mining for music but the albums that I consistently go back to throughout the year and will probably continue to go back to this album as kind of go-tos, um, this definitely falls into that category for me. Uh, uh, an act that I think uh, I know Jaren and I went to see uh, together a couple weeks ago and I can't remember Christian whether you saw her when she uh, came through New yep. York yeah this is uh, this is Alex Leahy 
um, and uh, her debut album, I Love You Like a Brother. Um, and Which this she meant to call I Love You Like a Brother, 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 but she <laughs> ran out of... Ran she out did, of I know, that's exactly right. Um, there was enough and, rub and on the, the album cover for... Uh, no, there was not. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has sent her, uh, her deepest apologies. Um, no, I mean, I, look, this is... There's a pretty strong showing on my list this year of um, of Australian rock. I mean, I, I just I think that there's a great sound um, and you know uh, coming out of uh, the Commonwealth at the moment. Um, and I'm not just looking at you, Lord. Um, but you know, I think that this is sort of one of the most charming records I actually heard all year. Um, she's a Melbourne-based um, uh, singer and and uh, guitarist. And, you know, put together, I think, a really sort of peppy, upbeat um, and, you know, exciting debut that that I think, like a number of other um, a number of other albums on our list, uh, sort of weaves together pop and punk without without being what I think uh, is deserving of the of the term pop punk, um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, You guys, I I know, you know, I've also been pretty big fans. Um, I'm. Curious to hear your uh, your thoughts. I mean, I think she's uh, she's got a pretty bright future out of her. Well, you no, said she's, uh, she, they, she's a, you know sort of a a reasonably you know big seller and, and uh, a reasonably you know sort of uh, popular act in in Australia. I find you know I, I listened to her. I listened to this album. I loved it. I, you know, I think of it as you know because it's it's sort of you know not gaining a ton of momentum in the or you know not. Um, didn't occupy a lot of space in, in the U.S. I felt like we were sort of, you know, discovering somebody who was, you know, sort of more underground. But, you know, back in Australia, she's pretty big. And the fact is, I could hear her, some of these songs, um, you know, songs like Perth Traumatic Stress Disorder. I could hear that right alongside, uh, you know, uh, Taylor Swift or uh, Lord on, on, you know, Hot FM, you know, Hot 97 yeah. FM. No, there is. I mean, it does feel like a fairly polished um, pop album, but but with really uh, with rock roots and and sort of a basis in in guitar. And I think you know one of the things that's kind of unusual about it is the fact that if she were packaged and sold as a pop artist, um, I would totally buy that. Uh, listening to this record, it would just be you know, uh, it would just be yeah, sort just of, come uh, in a different package. You would be exactly. But I mean, the fact that she you know that she plays an instrument, shows up with a band, and um, supports uh, punk bands um, as she's, uh, you know, as she's going to be playing with Jimmy Eat World this coming May, I think, um, which will be, you know, hopefully a, a sort of breakout tour for, for a very um, sympathetic audience, I think. Uh, I think that's actually a, a pretty great billing um, and not one that would have, you know, uh, first come to mind. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, but... <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead, Christian. No, I was, I was just going to say, I mean, I think this is this is part of a run of Australian artists right now, though, that, you know, have have done really well on um, on the the subcontinent, but but just don't I mean, haven't haven't necessarily gained the same kind of traction here. And I mean, I remember talking earlier this year about Ali Barter, um, who I who I think is terrific. And she and uh, Alex Leahy have. Um, have sort of co-headlined, I think, uh, a couple of a uh, couple of festivals. They've both done, you know, a ton of performances on Triple J, which um, for you know an American audience, I think, uh, for for listeners here is is sort of, I guess, probably equivalent to like a tiny desk concert. Um, but you know, a, a really widely known and distributed um, 
platform. I it just it's a it's a it's a it's an interesting thing. I mean, they're they're trying to you know clearly get hooks into this market. Tame Impala's done it with enormous success. Methyl ethyl, um, you know, still a work in progress. But I mean, they're Courtney they're Barnett. definitely a, a ton of talent. Yeah, exactly. And Courtney Barnett is the other uh, is the other big success that's that's come across the Pacific. But um, you know, I think there's just a ton of talent coming out of that country right now, and I'm I'm excited to to hear more from from Alex Leahy. this episode with our number 11 album and I think it falls to me to make the introduction uh something I was really shocked by because you know I hadn't given this uh, artist a lot of credence given you know her sort of background as a as a uh you know a, a pop singer in the vein of Katy Perry and uh you know Taylor Swift and, the, and that crowd um but it's uh, Kesha's Rainbow uh which is again an, a very um uh, it really showcases the talent that was behind, you know, were sort of party anthems on her first few records. Um, do, the you know sort of Dr. Luke um, factoryized uh, version of of her, which she, you know, abruptly shook off uh, over the pa- course of the past couple of years, and and this was the album that she wanted to sort of break free of of um, the packaging that she had been. Uh, sort of uh, laden with and um, it's a really really good album by a really good singer um, who is doing some interesting things I mean I had no idea that she had this sort of country roots Roots. that her mother was a uh, is a a country songwriter Um, so you know when I see that she's covering Dolly Parton with Dolly Parton um, that sort of raised my eyebrow Uh, she's also you know, uh, doing a, a, a song along with the Eagles of Death Metal. So um, this sounds like 
um, the ingredients to a fairly major car accident, you know, of a record. Um, but in, in fact, she's got the talent to really um, galvanize the whole thing and make it uh, a worthy listen. Um, you know, she's hopping back and forth between, you know, the sort of radio, you know, big radio uh, hit, like, um, you know, praying, um, but also going, you know, w- with a with a song that's that's pure kick-ass country, sort of, you know, tongue-in-cheek Loretta Lynn um, kind of stuff, and then back to, to sort of more almost hard rock. So, I don't know. I, I would, do you guys chime in? Because I was yeah, really shocked to have liked this record as much as I did, and I love it. Well, and this is also off of, you know, and not an expert in, in her legal issues with, with Dr. Luke, but... You know, this album obviously is, is a sort of rebuttal and, and came off of, you know, all of all of that. And she, you know, lost that that legal battle where she still, I believe, correct me yeah, if I'm wrong. Yeah, but won the PR war. Won I the think. PR war, absolutely. And, and had, you know, sort of other stars and obviously the, the general public behind her. But I agree when I think I think you, you killed it in, in the sense of saying, like, to me, this was going to be a disaster, and I'm not a Kesha previous fan. I mean, some people love the party anthems, think it's you know fun pop music, and I'm I'm all for fun pop music. I just did never liked any of the Kesha songs. Um, they were sort of like the epitome of, of what I didn't like about sort of radio pop and and you know kind of uh, you know the vocals I found very annoying and and just the music in general. But this album, you know, really keeps that energy, but but scales it down and, and, and showcases, you know, what a, what a true talent she is. And, and I, I think the, the most amazing part is exactly what you said. Like, this is a recipe for just an, almost an embarrassing album, right? You know, like just, you know, every song about being kind of wronged and... And being out on your own, and, I mean, yeah, Rainbow. exactly, <laughs> yeah, and and um, well, yeah, but I mean, Warrior and Cannibal weren't exactly the best, <laughs> right? Either. No, but this is but, your breakaway record. But this you, is your breakaway, you've... yeah. You could have blamed those on Dr. Luke, but I, I um, but I, I like it's super enjoyable. There's a great um, podcast on the New York Times, which is the music uh, podcast that kind of details. I think it came out in August, actually. That that sort of details you know, this album, the making of the this backstory. album, and gives yeah. a lot of the backstory that, that was a really good listen that I listened to, but I hadn't really jumped into the album until we were kind of reviewing the, the best albums of the year. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really good. I think, yeah, I mean, just to, I'm going to put forward a theory here, and you guys can tell me if I'm full of shit. Um, and first of all, I, I would like to, to drop in the one tidbit that, that she, you know, the basically her, her music career is a foregone um degree in psychology from from Columbia, which is where she was headed until she decided she wanted to be a singer full-time. So she should obviously bring that uh, potential Ivy League uh, education to our podcast and do the math for us because I'm looking for anybody to pick up the slack at this point. Um, and uh, But, you know, I, I think that the, the theory, I, like when I was listening to this album, and I, I loved, um, frankly, I loved uh, her, her first two LPs um, and was had them both downloaded on Spotify when I left for um, uh, six months in, in Indonesia and they were too you know I just I played them out um, during your prison term much <laughs> yeah yeah well well that's we'll, we'll save that story for another uh, for another episode I think but um, but yeah exactly I was I felt like an animal locked up in a cage um, just like Kesha. Um, 
the album really spoke to me. Anyway, um, I, I think that, you know, she is somebody who's just been around the industry her entire life. I mean, she really knows this thing inside and out. And I think for somebody who has that kind of perspective on it, to be drawn into the pop world, knowing full well that this is a machine that churned, you know, that, that just that sucks people in and spits them back out um, and, you know, doesn't treat anybody very kindly. Uh, but to go into it with the knowledge that she does and the perspective that she has, and then to go through the same ringer anyway, um, you know, to, to still get, uh, to, to get treated badly and, and to, um, to, to run into that kind of experience. You know? Yeah. And to come out on the other side of it. I mean, I think that that sort of lends her the ability to to look at the pop world from a perspective of like real understanding. Like she, I mean, she is part of it, but she's also she also gets it, and she's seen what it can do to her. Um, you know, and and she's and and lived through it, and and you know, been extraordinarily successful. So I mean, I think in a way, she's actually you know quickly becoming a, a sort of a really like educated and insightful well, um, dynamic and, and reflective voice yeah. uh, sort of reflecting on on the pop music world no I think I think you're right I it's, it's an interesting you know without going without wading into the sort of uh, fraught waters of, of the particulars of her case I think it's um, you know it's interesting to see somebody come out on the other side of of um, well, you know what she's been through and and produce a fantastic record I mean and not you know not least of of which is you know or not in the one of the more you know sort of prominent things that you you know you tend to forget about is this woman can fucking sing. You almost had me fooled. Told me that I was nothing without you. Oh, that after everything you've done. I can thank you for how strong I have become Cause you brought the flames and you put me through hell I had to learn how to fight for myself And we both know all the truth I could tell I'll just say this is I wish you farewell I hope you're somewhere praying Praying I hope your soul is changing I can breathe again And you said that I was done Well, you were wrong and now The best is yet to come Cause I can make it on my own I don't need you I found a strength of Anyway, well, you want to uh, call it a day and come back and, and do the top 10 um, 
uh, in a few. In a few. Let's Sounds good. We'll be All back right. next week with part two oh. of Albums of the Year 2017. One, one last thing. Do you want to uh, throw a song on the, uh, on the uh, old 472 billion top ten songs of all time? Uh, Absolutely. Why don't you get us started, Wyndham? All right, I will. I am going to put on Setting Sun by Chemical Brothers featuring nice. Noel Gallagher. All right. Um, so I'm going to throw on a, a song of an underappreciated album by a band that's uh, kind of always floated around the underground, Lam- a band Lamb Chop, and uh, it's off of the album Nixon, and the song is Up With People. Great choice. Thank you. Christian? Christian? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with um, Over My Shoulder by I Am Clute. I love that song. Wow. That's nice. a left fielder. Anyway, yeah, great talking to you guys. <laughs> that's that's what happens when you spring this on me. Yeah, sorry. Not that I don't know it's coming every single week. We are. Uh, we'll wrap it up, and then uh, and we'll come back next week and, and talk about the top ten albums of the year. Looking forward to it. I'm Wyndham Lewis. On behalf of my brothers Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis, thank you very much for listening to the Brother 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 podcast. Many thanks also to our heroic producer Damian Kendall, and to Simon Doom for our epic intro music. Learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.